Persuasive words. I'm Scott Jones, and I am a subdued Bill Moore. That's I. Th- you are subdued. I am subdued. Yeah, I, I. I think it could be the end of the world as we know it. This is. There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on, and there used to be this um, little, I guess, uh, article or, or column in Sports Illustrated. I don't know if it's still in or, there or not. That uh, was entitled. Signs that the apocalypse is happening. And I think we have more than a few signs that the apocalypse is happening. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, a, it's a weird, wild world we're living in. I guess we should, first of all, just rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, one of the most depressing presidential elections in the history, if not the most depressing presidential election in the history of our nation, just got worse. I'll tell you what's a novel. Like, so here, here's the thing that makes... Uh, Donald Trump's such an interesting candidate. It's a novel strategy when your opponent has a damning FBI report that really most people would get their security clearance revoked and never be allowed to get one again. She's actually, in the wake of this, wanting a higher security clearance. That what you do with it is praise Saddam Hussein at a rally. I yeah. mean, Saddam, bad guy, bad guy, bad actor, bad guy. But you know what he's really good at? Killing terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how you do that. Uh, and again, I think this. I think uh, one way is you're guaranteed, like without a teleprompter, it's an increased possibility. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you know they they should. He has Secret Service agents, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, they should wrestle his tongue to the ground because it it, it is consistently seemingly putting him in jeopardy, but that doesn't seem to bother most people that he consistently. Uh, uh, tries to come up with something more bizarre, but possibly, possibly. <laughs> but I, I, you know, this this thing with the um with Hillary Clinton's and the server. The first of all, I want you to know that many of you were worried about whether or not we here at New Persuasive Words uh, could be compromised. Our security could be compromised, but we have Gmail. Both of us, <laughs> both of, all correspondence related to this podcast is sent via Gmail, and so that is. I mean, if you're listening to this. Buy stock in Gmail. Be Google because two thousand times at least on cable news is going to be said in the next Her, I mean, she'd be better off using a Gmail account. That's what the F- director of the FBI said. Yeah, yeah. I I think that it, it amazes me that there was no one around her who didn't stop to say this is a bad idea. I mean, all right, if she forgot, if she didn't get it, 
All right, we could maybe come up with excuses. I'm not justifying it. But how could there be no one around saying this is a really bad idea? What's worse though, if she's that she's did the personal server or that she's still using an AOL account. Like <laughs> when I see somebody has like an AOL account, I feel like Yahoo is still acceptable because like I have a Yahoo account for things I know will spam me. Like I'm gonna sign up for something and they're gonna spam me. Like I have a an account that's like that I don't check. So right. that it's so that if I, you know, like right. I don't but but so I feel like it that's acceptable. But if I see like a hotmail or an AOL you're caught in a, in a in a time period that might make you, you know, not fit for to lead the in a 21st century world. Just saying. Uh, you know, it's interesting that, uh, and I, I this is this is deep research, but I saw this last night uh, on one of the news shows that the last day of Bill Clinton's presidency, he pardoned a bunch of people, and that was one of the most controversial things he did, including pardoning his brother, uh, people that had uh, her Hillary Clinton's brother as an attorney. (laughs) There's a lot of questionable things. But they pardoned the CIA, the former CIA director, who had taken, I mean, he was probably the first CIA director ever to use email. Okay, this is still a new thing. And he had taken, he had uh, inadvertently had some CIA stuff on his personal computer. And he was going to plead to mis- you know, federal misdemeanor charges, uh, and they didn't get filed in time because the next day, uh, President Clinton, a few hours, <laughs> a few hours before he handed over the reins to George W. Bush, pardoned this guy. So it's, 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 I, I, you know, the Benghazi thing was a disgrace of what the Republicans in Congress did with that. It was a tragedy. I must say, it's- did doing. Doing, it's doing, doing, doing. Still, it's still not over. That those hearings will not end. Right. So, that, if Hillary Clinton is elected, they'll keep going. I mean, that Benghazi was. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it's that such an a such uh, blatantly a political thing, uh, trying to make political hay out of it, of a tragedy. But this this troubles me. I have to admit, I'm I'm not comfortable at all uh, with. Either what she did, or I don't think the FBI is covering anything up, but it certainly makes the possibility of a President Trump a little closer to reality, and that is totally uh, disheartening and frustrating and angering. To be to be totally honest with you, I mean, this is one of those opportunities. You know, the Clintons they use the Clintons of acting like they are under a different set of rules. I think a lot of that's overblown. This may be an example of it. I'm doing great with people that are concerned about email security. Very well. <laughs> Huge. We're going to make the – you see the new commercials? I'm like, we're going to build the wall. It's going to be big, wonderful, and it's going to have a big, beautiful door in the middle because we want legal immigration in this country. <laughs> like a big, beautiful door. It's going to be like a hotel. It's going to be – like that's like when Larry King said, you know, he was on it like nine months ago, Donald. If you're going to build a wall, make it a Trump wall. Have <laughs> Celine Dion and gold and glitz. <laughs> yeah. I think the only one happy today may be um, Putin. Putin's pretty happy about what's going on in the world. Make Russia great again. He's win, win, win. Okay. All right. Um, on a uh, interesting note, we do not, by the way, yet we do not have an Olympic correspondent. Uh, if you're out there and you're going to go – I mean, there's no Zika shots though, so yeah, we, we'd be lying. You're kind of on, kind of on your own. And uh, 
what I thought was fascinating yesterday, or it may have been the yesterday or the day before, but uh, the uh, police force in uh, Brazil, or you know, uh, at the capital, said that to any tourists, we will not be able to protect you. Matter of fact, apparently, because there's a contract dispute going on in Sao Paulo, and so there were uh, people greeted as they got off the planes with signs saying, welcome to hell, being held by disgruntled police officers. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> so, welcome to hell. So, all right. So there's Zika virus. The government, uh, the president's impeached, uh, or being impeached. The government is totally in disorder. The police force says we cannot protect you. There's super bacteria in the water where some of the water events are going to be. Um, I I think you probably could get some pretty good deals right now on some. some Chicago's people. looking better. <laughs> They're better when Obama flew over. The president pitches that the committee's thinking, why didn't we go with Chicago? <laughs> oh my goodness, my goodness. Do you know like no city to like no city actually profits from the Olympics. Like it's always, it always puts us in. Always. I mean, Romney did a good job with Salt Lake City of like making it less of a bust when he kind of went in, but it was still a bust. I mean, like it, it does not like long-term, it's it not. doesn't produce like, economic gains. For Everybody wants it. And it's just, it's not, it's one of those things that's not. Yeah. You think after what happened in Greece, you remember the disaster that was. Yeah. yeah you th- now nah, you're right. It's, it's uh it's still one of those things that people are willing to lose their mind for the. It should be like jury I mean, duty. Oh, Naples, we got the Olympics this year. You're like, should not be something if you're thinking rationally that you want to host. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, but the good news is uh, the, the Ark has been rebuilt. Or maybe built for the first time, depending on your theological. Yeah, I think that this is cool. And I want to say, I have, so first of all, I have not been to the Creation Museum, which I want to go to. I have not been to uh, the the passion thing in Orlando that Bill Maher features in his uh, his documentary Religious, which when he comes in and says, "Oh, people come here, uh, tons of people come here," uh, it's in Orlando, and Bill Maher he's like, "We get." Travelers all the time. He's like, why? Because Disneyland's too smutty and they come here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's, uh, and the greatest thing is when Bill Maher's walking around the, the Passion Museum, like you see this little kid, probably some church Baptist kid, this like five, and his parents buy him a Roman soldier's helmet and a lit on the Roman sword. And he's running around like, yeah, I want to dress like one of the people that killed Jesus. <laughs> like, it's just, so that this is now third on my list. That Ken Ham is making a Noah's Ark Museum. Right. And uh, at a cost of $100 million, uh, some of which was funded by the God-fearing taxpayers of Kentucky, which is unbelievable. That's great. And, Story just gets better and better. And, and uh, it was, I guess, opened yesterday for a preview for press and such. But uh, some of the exhibits within the ARC include uh, different uh, little uh, – what do they call them when you have little statues? What do they call that? Not panorama, but uh, diorama. Oh yeah. yeah, they have some diorama. They have Adam and Eve. I saw a picture of that uh, of a of a very beautiful young white couple, Adam and Eve, and uh, apparently they have like you know, how maybe the animals were stored on the ark, including including cages of dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaurs they were a docile creature. You could, they were easy to cage. Yeah, I don't know what you would who you'd put. It would have been interesting to know how that was organized and. Uh, and you know what? First of all, the enthusiasm for it among different people I've seen on Facebook is 
I, I just, I, I'm puzzled. Well, I guess I do understand it because I kind of came from some of that Christianity. But the, my favorite one is the fact that this, some, someone said, this will finally prove that the Bible is true. And I'm trying to understand that how a replica of an ark built with taxpayers' dollars in Kentucky using modern technology proves the Bible is true. It is cool, though. I mean, that, let me just say, <laughs> let me just say this. Okay, two things. Like things, tradi- things I resent about like traditions. Some of the tradition, some of which I come from. Like I, I like the Reformation tradition. Great. The dispensational tradition kills you on charts, and I love charts. All those cool charts. Same thing, like a sort of more uh, modern kind of Protestantism. What it makes, what it has in intellectual satisfaction, it, it, you know, it loses in theme park capacity. Like, what are you going to do? A demythologizing theme park? I mean, people are not going to go to that. This is cool. This is cool. All right. So, in other words, for instance, I've been to uh, archaeological sites of Neolithic that were around 10,000 BC, you know, but, but uh, I guess they just, I don't know, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe the, no, it's the old carbon dating conspiracy kind of thing. These Neolithic sites maybe just were, you know, built maybe 100 years ago or so, and people forgot. You know, like, what's interesting, too, though, is, like, you, like, okay, the Creation Museum, I see, it's a pretty big scope, right? Like, and the the passion, I mean, that's, you know, the center, it's the week that changed the world. Well, you know, but, like, the, 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 yeah. you got to throw in the Nephilim. You got to give me more than just the Ark. I need a Methuselah. <laughs> I need yeah, the Nephilim. Yeah. You can't just have, like, an, I, I, I need surrounding things. I want giants. Yeah, yeah I, I, I want, want something. I want, I want giants. I Yeah, I, I would like that, too. You know, part just from, from one semi-serious moment, how can you even make I it? Know, I know, this whole topic? How can you even make a semi-serious? I, I, just, I just, you know, I think the fact that people draw a line that create uh, the semblance of some sort of wrong-headed, uh, you know, fifth-grade-level thinking uh, apologetics, and that that you know gives people another reason saying, "Look, Christianity has no intellectual." credibility and when these 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 endeavors don't have any any intellectual credibility uh so that uh that leads me to nominate a new segment we want to do penance of the week <laughs> the penance of the week this could rec- yes penance of the and week and so i my my nominee this week is ken ham and uh for the guy who this was his brainchild he's the one that uh, raised the money and had the vision so my suggestion for penance of the week is that Ken Ham has to go back and repeat every science class, starting with kindergarten forward, up through a university level, uh, in order that somewhere along the line, whatever he wasn't taught, that he goes back and does penance and actually learns a few things. In in Bill Maher's documentary, Religalist, he interviews Ken Ham. And... He says that well, the reason why he's like overwhelming me ninety nine. It's it's a major. It's a consensus of the, the age of the earth. And well, of course you'd expect that because they're sinful and alienated from God. And he's like, just they're all like all of them. Or this is why there's. It's like well, the Bible says God's ways are, are higher than our ways. Are you God? And Bill Maher goes, no. <laughs> 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 just like 
it's the great. It's it. Ken Ham is a national treasure of some kind. Like, like I mean, of what nation? I don't. Well, he's he's like many, like 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 our own Melvin Gibson, like, like he's someone from <laughs> Australia that we have made an American treasure. It was not for Hugh Jackman, dude. I mean, Hugh Jackman covers a multitude of sins. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman too. But our yeah. stock is lower these days. I'm thinking today. Hugh Jackman is, I mean, okay. everybody right. likes Hugh Jackman. Yeah, so anyway, we got that. So I'm glad we got creation covered and we will uh, and we will uh, show the world the truth of the gospel because of this. Uh, yeah, and I don't mind people going looking at it. For instance. If it was in the Eastern Seaboard, I, I, don't, I don't generally like driving long ways. And like, but if, I, if this was like two hours away, I would go on the first day. I would, yeah, I mean, because like, for instance, the Trojan horse passed through Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. About a month ago, there's some display down in DC, and and it, and it got stuck somewhere down. I, I'm sorry, I missed that. But you're driving along, and suddenly you see that's a, cool a replica of the Trojan horse. Now I don't know if the Trojan horse happened or not, but I, you know, it's one of the great epic stories of humanity. I, and frankly, you know, the biblical flood narrative, uh, like many of the flood narratives of, of many cultures, has an important moral and uh, uh, an important theological statement and probably is based on some sort of memory. There were all kinds of massive floods after when the ice age started melting, really bad things happened all over the world. So I'm not saying there wasn't a flood, but to make this a proof of the truth of the gospel, um, it's blasphemy too, is too strong, but it certainly is the sin of presumption. Uh, people are jumping off the pinnacle of the temple. Man. You know what's the only thing that really frustrates me about this? Is that you could have taken all that money oh, don't and me. made a replica of the Enterprise? No, what if you could really oh, make one where the hall, where the where the things really worked? Where like you could get in the in the in the hall in the turbo lift and like sit and like all this stuff like that. No, if that, I mean, that would be like mind. If you could do an actual to scale replica of the Enterprise. That would be, and you buy a uniform, and you go in, and you, and just like you go in. There's combat simulator, everything. Gosh, that would be. You could take that money towards a project like that. See, I was thinking you were going to go with improving urban education. That's not bad either. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we're in the genre, though, if we're going to stick, if we're going to stay in the genre, you know, that's that's where you know yeah. it's a very interesting. By the way, new Star Trek movie out, which I hear is quite good. Yeah. Zachary Quinto was on Colbert, who I think is just a great actor and a class yeah. act, an interesting yeah. person, and uh, so uh, we, I'm going to be seeing that soon. Yeah, yesterday, uh, the Chilcot report, I think I'd say pronounced it, was released. It was an eternal, internal government report uh, uh, that parla British Parliament had commissioned. A former civil servant who worked in British intelligence held it, held it up, or led, led the group. Uh, I for 16 months worth of work and thousands and thousands of document, documents. And uh, their conclusions were absolutely damning about the British decision to support the invasion of Iraq uh, with the United States. And the conclusions included things like uh, all options were not exhausted. There was no thought about what to do after the invasion. Um, the fact that it has totally destabilized that part of the, of the world. And to top it off, uh, the rationale for going in uh, the weapons of mass destruction did not exist. Look, Saddam Hussein, bad guy, bad guy, but he was good at something, killing terrorists. Yeah, that's right. Which actually is true. I mean, this is what people, I mean, he was, 
because he was kind of a secular dictator. I mean, that, you know, Al Qaeda, you know, he was as against Al Qaeda and groups like that, you know, as, as, as we were, I mean, they, this is kind of, uh, so, yeah, it, he was good at killing terrorists. He was good at killing and terrorizing Kurds and Shias. Yes, he was good at women, that too. In general, terrorizing. Yeah, was chemi- chemi- using chemical weapons on his own people. Yeah. But when uh, people say that, like, the, actually, you know, that this is like the argument that, like, getting rid of Saddam Hussein, like, because he was a support to ter- the terror groups that we feel, you know, the sting of, it was not that. I mean, like, he was that, they hated him, he hated them. I mean, like, it's, no, he was a bad actor. And again, to quote right. Trump, bad guy, bad guy. But, uh, and he's not going to repudiate the P- Putin called me a genius. I mean, why would I repudiate the guy? <laughs> I'm a genius. Uh, but, I mean, see, but it's just an interesting thing, because, like, I feel like, you know, again, I've said it once, I'll say it again. The Princess Bride, if we could just obey that film for about say, never go up with a never fight a land war in Asia and never go up against the Sicilian when death is on the line. Those two things, like, I mean, that would have saved how many lives right. and how many trillions of dollars? Um, but, you know, I rather than wasting all this money on the Benghazi re- report, uh, I think we as a nation haven't really fully, I mean, first of all, we're still in the whole, you know, the whole. Uh, Afghan Iraq war is still going on, but uh, I really think there should be a national reckoning. Something similar should happen in this country. Uh, you know, how many thousands of lives have been American lives have been disrupted? How many hundreds of thousands of Iraqi, Syrian, Afghani? Uh, you know, the list goes on. Being people. American means never having to say you're sorry. See, we yeah. are we are not and we are not a people big on a pile on the national apologies. In uh, fact, that's how you. That's an insult. We're you know running around apologizing for America. I mean, that's you. You know, that's not. It's not American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Is it is it American then also just to totally disrupt a region? Perhaps it is. That's, yeah, that's, and that's you know, it's just something we've we're proven that we're. It's just, I think like for fun, especially in, in the Middle East, another option we could do is just do the Seinfeld Costanza thing. Whatever our instinct is to do, do the opposite. Do the opposite. Just, just do the opposite. Let's try that for a decade. Like whatever we think we should do, it's global actors. Let's just do, the, do opposite. the opposite. Yeah, I actually gave that advice to a staff person one time. Uh, before they were ready to start their own job, I said, uh, watch that episode and do do ye likewise. Uh, the other thing that uh, struck my uh, – uh, <laughs> uh, got my attention is that the uh, new head of Ashley Madison has come clean and said that many of the people who were exposed as uh, allegedly having affairs were actually engaged with fembots. And so – uh, untold scores of careers and relationships were destroyed because some guy thought he was having a relationship online with a person, but he was talking to a fembot. And unfortunately, not the kind of fembots that were in Austin Powers. This is merely AI, a fembot that lives wherever AI lives. The Matrix and like Terminator, it gets more real every year. <laughs> every year it gets more real. Yeah, I heard. Well, I actually read somewhere that there was a riot at a uh, an adult entertainment festival in Japan um, that they had to call the police in because everybody was, uh, particularly the uh, I guess uh, artificial intelligence sexual you know, simulator, that people just went crazy and they were rioting, and so uh, the poor people in Japan were traumatized by uh, this kind of riot. So. 
yes, we uh, uh, we may be there. We may be in the world of total recall. It's getting close. It's, it's getting close. Getting close. Yeah, that was a great movie, by the way, and the remake was good too. Yeah. So this is the world in which we live today. Uh, this is this is the thing that that exists. You know, you think, wow, there's a lot going on. And all at once. Yeah. Last night we were joking about maybe doing a play on the fact that we were the two witnesses of Revelation. Exactly. The but two horsemen. I, yeah, but I don't want – not the horsemen. There are two like witnesses. Oh, the two witnesses. No, the, yeah, the right. The true witnesses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want the job. Yeah. But I, besides I the fact, I don't think people were believable. I don't think we – I don't think our resumes – they, they, the they end up getting uh, martyred too, I think, if I remember right. Yeah, I think so. I haven't, I haven't looked at that passage in Revelation for a while, but I think – let it be Enoch or Elijah or whoever, but uh, it's just enough to, to ponder the, uh, the world in which we live right now. But let me tell you what world we also live in. My friend Sarah Khan didn't pass the story on to me via Snap Judgment, an NPR show. And there was a story uh, recently. I mean, it, this happened you know, in recent memory. It's a rabbi that moves, I think, from New York, somewhere in the Northeast, to a Midwestern town, which is pretty rural and he's getting lots of threatening calls from a white supremacist person and anti anti-Semitic awful things. They figure out who it is. And it's this guy who's older and he's all alone and he's in a wheelchair and the rabbi goes to his house and he comes to the door and he has a gun in his wheelchair and he's so moved he hands the rabbi his gun and asks to, if he would hold his hand. Oh. The guy winds up, he has no one. He's disabled. He has no one. The rabbi and his family wind, wind up moving this guy into their house. He converts to Judaism. And when he died, he was buried by the synagogue as a Jew. Mm. All hope is not lost. No. no that's it. And you know what? And I know there are a million... Uh, life-affirming stories, even the tragedy in Bangladesh, where the one young man refused to leave his friends. It cost him his life. So um, thank you for that story, and uh, thank you for uh, a word of hope in the midst of the absurdity that is today. And we will catch you next week.